Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Ashton, and today we are honoring the memory of Kobe Bryant by doing 24 seconds of silence. So will you join me in that? And we'll go ahead. Alright, and today, so we are going to start off by talking about the Chiefs, their Super Bowl victory. That has been a long time coming. As a humble Chiefs fan, I can say I've waited for this moment since the era of Trent Green. And we have gone through some of the crappiest quarterbacks known to mankind. The only worse era I could possibly think of is the Browns run of QBs um, but Chiefs kingdom we are we are world champs once again and we have we had to get out of our comfort zone uh, we were more we were pretty balanced offensively in the Super Bowl offensively we did a lot of running um, did a lot of uh, short completions. Um, we didn't really do any big passing plays throughout uh, three and a half quarters throughout the game. We The only big play that they had throughout three quarters of the game, three and a half quarters throughout the game, was to Sammy Watkins for like 20, 30 yards. It, it wasn't really even that much. And... Uh, the 49ers defense I had that feeling with the 49ers defense it felt like it was the Broncos and Panthers game kind of all over again and that they were just like dish they the Broncos were obliterating Cam Newton all game long and Von Miller kind of became uh that Super Bowl MVP um when they won it and that was like that was a really great defensive effort and this past super bowl the they almost on every single play they were getting to the quarterback they were getting in the backfield patrick mahomes just didn't have time to throw and his receivers just weren't getting open and then I mean, it's the Chiefs. You knew eventually that some point in the game they were starting they were going to start to get open. Well, that's that started with seven minutes left in the game. Uh defense had to make big plays defensively and they held the 49ers to a three and out. The Chiefs were down thirty not thirty one to ten. They were down twenty one to ten. And that you, with seven minutes left in the game, you would think the 49ers would just run, 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 whatever on whatever they do for the rest of the game, and just make sure on God's good green earth, run the football. <laughs> well, they didn't because, you know, it's Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan was a part of the 
a Falcons team that blew the 28-3 lead. He was actually the offense coordinator then, and he pulled another Kyle Shan move and blew a 21-10 lead for it to be 31-21 was the score. I don't even remember the score, but I believe that was the score, and they just shocked the world because nobody really like expected the 49ers to blow this because you know first first go around you would have definitely expected like okay I should have ran the football like if you would have been in that same situation again you would have been like okay don't do what the same mistakes I did in that previous Super Bowl. How about I run the football this time? And it just made all the common sense in the world just run the football. And they kept throwing it because they wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be the Super Bowl MVP. They wanted him to be the hero instead of uh, do what got you there in the first place, which was run the football, run it, run it, run right down their throat. Um, they ran it down everybody's throats. They were running it down the Chiefs' throats for the majority of the game. And the Chiefs would make a big play here and there, but, I mean, for the majority of the game, it was the 49ers just obliterating the Chiefs' defense, um, run defense. And Tyron Matthew, after the game, he even admitted, thank God they stopped running the football, you know. Uh because they didn't have uh they didn't have a counterattack to stop the the Chiefs to stop the 49ers run game to the point where it was just terrible for the Chiefs. I mean, they just hoped and begged that they would the 49ers would pass the ball and of course that's what they did. And they got to quick three and outs and then that allowed the Chiefs to have the ball. And then the Chiefs offensively, they didn't stop firing on those big plays. They kept going, and they ended up getting straight down the field. And they ended up scoring and taking the lead. And the most dramatic play of the game, I think, was when Damian Williams ended up taking the go-ahead score. And it looked like he might have been out of bounds I mean they you had to go with the call that was on the field and that's what they ended up doing which was going what was called on the field which was a touchdown and it looked so close I mean it could have gone either way on that call but they called called it a touchdown and then 49ers they they had every opportunity in this game to to win it and there was a throw that Jimmy Garoppolo threw at the end of the day, at the end of the game towards Manuel Sanders and Manuel Sanders he was double covered but he had beaten the double coverage to the point where all Jimmy Garoppolo had to do was make just the perfect pass in the world and he ended up overthrowing him and if it if he just didn't overthrow him they would have scored and possibly won the game sealed it but they didn't, and they they ended up going for it on fourth down. 
they Jimmy Garoppolo got sacked, and that was the end of the game. Uh, the Chiefs then took the next possession and ran it. I believe it was the first play of scrimmage. They ran it, and they he scored. Damian Williams scored, and ironically, like as like I watched the majority of the Super Bowl. I'll say that um, there was a good. I probably will admit. I think I stopped watching after Patrick Mahomes threw the second interception because I just I was fed up, and I was like, "There's no way." The Chiefs are going to come back, and I didn't think of Kyle, Kyle Shanahan being on the other side, but no other team, like, if it was the Patriots in that position, they're running the football three straight plays. There's no way on God's green earth that they're going to throw the football. They're going to run the football. They would have ran the football, and so... I saw that kind of like wow, nice job, Kyle Shanahan. You haven't you haven't learned yet. So Kyle Kyle Shanahan is now zero two in the last two Super Bowls. I saw this stat. He has given up forty six points to nothing in his last two Super Bowls. That those are just the fourth quarters alone or just yeah fourth quarters alone he has given up 46 points in the fourth quarter to the that was Falcons and Patriots Super Bowl and that was the Chiefs and 49ers Super Bowl where his offense got outscored 46 to nothing and they couldn't stop anybody and you know as a defensive player you you stop a team and then your offense goes on a straight three and out, and then you go on a collision course with Patrick Mahomes. Pat Mahomes ends up scoring on every single possession throughout the rest of the game in that seven-minute stretch, and that kind of seals the deal for us to be champions. And I was I went to one of the home playoff games uh, I went to the uh, Texans game, and I'll tell you this. This is how it went. So I hadn't entered the stadium yet, and we had started kickoff. By the time we got into the stadium, it was already 7 nothing. By the time we got to our seats, it was 14 nothing. By the so- time I got to just sit down, relax, start watching football, it was... 21 nothing it was pretty ridiculous um I was like so this is what I paid for (laughs) I took I took a friend of mine his name is Josh and me and Josh we were bamboozled we were like what's going on here (laughs) like what like is this really our our team like our our playoff team like really and and this is what happens when they two, take two weeks off. I mean, jeez. So we, that's that's something I wasn't expecting. But at the same time, I was like, this is the same team that 
and week two of the regular season, they scored 28 points against the Raiders in just the second quarter alone. And so I I was telling Josh this, like, second quarter, I was like, hey, this is the same team that put up 28 points against the Raiders. I know it's the Raiders, but still, they, they have shown they have the ability to throw on points when they want to and whenever they so darn well desire. And he was like, yeah, but that's not what they're doing right now. And so that main thing was Chiefs were just dropping the ball when they were playing the 49ers, or not 49ers, the Texans. So the there was... Like Demarcus Robinson, I believe he dropped like two or three passes. Tyreek Hill ended up dropping a pass. He got obliterated on one play. That like everybody on everybody, even their grandmother, even could have saw on and said, "Yeah, that's a flag." Um, the dude literally got an illegal hit against him, and every ref on the field was like, just was looking away at, at the fans and looking at all the f- fans and was like, um, I didn't see that. And it was pretty obvious. And then Travis Kelsey ended up dropping a couple passes. I mean, you could see their frustration on the field as they were punching the turf and, like, you know, you'd have better luck if you'd actually catch the ball instead of punching the turf, but it's okay. And – but I understand, but – it was it was one of those days too where the ball is just cold like it's a it's a solid brick just basically getting thrown at you so it it felt like it was going to be one of those days anyways um Josh me and Josh we went to the game last minute together so he wasn't really prepared for the weather and he had a he had a coat on and he had blue jeans but no he didn't even have a coat on he had a he had a jacket and some jeans, and he didn't have any gloves. Uh, luckily, I had some hot hands from work that I gave him, and I had a spare pair of gloves in the back that he was able to use, and he ended up putting the hot hands in his shoes. And I I kind of found that to be funny because I put on, like, four layers of everything, four layers of shirts four layers of pants four layers of socks um the and that was that was kind of it and i had a hat and i had a big coat on so on the way home uh i had the heat on full blast because i i couldn't feel a thing and i was still kind of cold but josh was like sweating the entire ride home he was like you really had to have that full blast and i was like I was cold for the majority of the, <laughs> of the way home, but yeah, and uh, we had a, a very fun time with that, and ironically, Josh knows my cousins down in Louisiana, and it was, he that's kind of where he grew up for a little bit, um, he met my cousins down in Louisiana, and then um, he works with he works with me at Chick-fil-A. I'm actually a team lead at Chick-fil-A. So he comes into Chick-fil-A 
and I, the only reason I knew that he had any relation, relationship or he might know my cousins was, uh, his Instagram, my cousins were following him and I, and I talked to him. I was like, Hey, do you know my cousins at all? And they were like, Oh, um, who's your cousins? And I told him, uh, their names and he was like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like, really? Those, those are your cousins? And I was like, yeah, they're my cousins. And he was like, man, I love your family. Like, they're so cool, and, like, I speak highly of them, and, uh, like, I miss them dearly, like, what a small world, and I was thinking the same thing, and, uh, so the Chiefs and Texans game, I took Josh, and that was last minute, and it ended up being a great time, my uncle actually called me at, after that game, and, because he found out, because my dad told, uh, my uh, uncle that I was taking this kid Josh and he was from Louisiana to the game and my uncle called me and was like whoa like you took Josh and like he spoke highly of Josh's family so it was the whole ordeal was kind of cool and pretty cool and put you in perspective of how small the world really can be and um, so yeah Chiefs were Super Bowl champs and uh so now I'm going to talk about a little bit about Kobe Bryant for about five minutes. Um, so what Kobe Bryant meant to me growing up, I didn't really watch basketball growing up. Um, I didn't watch until I got into the sixth grade. So I didn't, I didn't really watch any of Kobe's championships. Um, I watched him um, as LeBron was on the heat that's when I started watching basketball was when LeBron started playing for the heat in Miami and that was basically the end of Kobe Kobe's pretty much era and uh, I knew that he meant a lot for LA as a whole Kobe did so much for LA he he is Kobe played in another arena before Staples Center. Um, it was his first couple seasons as a rookie. Um, it was in another arena. I don't remember at, off the top of my head what that arena name is, but they he played in another arena. But then he, as a couple years went on, I think he became a starter when the Staples Center uh, was built, and he became a starter ever since. And he really basically... Uh, Staples Center is his building. It's his stadium. That's his home. And uh, Shaq, I remember Shaq was tearing up um, hearing the news of Kobe. So if you don't know what happened to Kobe Bryant, um, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi, um, he was taking his daughter Gigi and a few friends um, to... Gigi's basketball game and on their way to a game their helicopter crash and Kobe Bryant his daughter Gigi and seven other people had died on that helicopter and there's been a lot of support going out to Vanessa and the rest of the Bryant family um, Kobe 
loved his daughter to death. I know that for a fact. I mean, it, it was blatantly obvious. And it, I straight up cried for about five, ten minutes um, at a time that, that day. Um, I actually told one of my pastors when uh, that when it happened, and he was in straight up shock. He was like, "What? No, that that can't be true. What?" And like Kobe, like Kobe is that icon that you feel like he's a legend. He he would never die. Like that's something that doesn't just happen to him. And ended up happening to him and uh, so I watched a lot of his highlights um, that day and I saw like I was waiting for like D-Wade's videos of him like talking about his stories and uh, the main person I was really waiting on was uh, LeBron I didn't get to hear from LeBron for another like two three days um, ironically, like, LeBron had just passed Kobe, uh, third time, all scoring list, and the day before, and LeBron told, told him in the interviews of his first memories of Kobe Bryant, and how he was in high school, and, uh, seeing Kobe, and just really, like, idolizing him, and he got a pair of his shoes, I believe, that's what he told me, uh, told, he was saying in that interview, and post-game, post-game interview, and, uh, it was just really, it was, it was a whirlwind, um, that's kind of, I really, I really liked Kobe Bryant, especially when he had his, uh, 60-point game, I was rooting him on, because I, um, I didn't really know how I felt about Kobe growing up. Um, I didn't hate him, but at the same time, I didn't like him. Um, he had that villainous kind of sway to him. And the way he treated his teammates, oh my gosh, um, especially in practices. Um, there is a couple videos that, I've wa- that I watched recently where he just, he, sh- he straight up, like, cussed people out. He didn't care. And uh, he would just talk down to people like he was just like a, a total jerk, and but that was competitive. That hit, that was his competitive drive. That was him trying to make everybody better, um, trying to make themselves play at their hardest, play at their best potential that they possibly could, and that was just his way of like getting the best out of you. And I see that now, and, like, it also, like, that also tells you in life, like, there's, don't, like, hold grudges, like, against people, just don't, like, life is precious, like, life can be taken any moment, at any given moment, and hold the ones that you love closest to you, like, just hold on tight to them, always tell them I love you, that was kind of what I took away from this whole Kobe Bryant death, and that's what I wanted to share with you guys, and what Kobe Bryant meant to me, me, I I loved him, I love him now, and 
I think I found that love for Kobe when uh, he had his 60-point game. And I I actually cried when he scored 60. And um, I was like, man, I'm never going to watch this guy play basketball ever again. And I actually wa- I actually monitored Kobe throughout his whole entire last season. And I kind of wanted to watch, like, every Lakers game that came on. Like, I, 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 I actually enjoyed watching him. And to know that he's passed is really heartbreaking. And my prayers go out to uh, the Bryant family. I know that they've been dealing with a lot. And, you know, a loss of a father now is just, and a daughter is just, like, it's probably pretty hard. And um, so prayers go out to them. And speaking of basketball, the Lakers, they've been doing pretty well. Um, Again, they're still top of the East. And uh, they've, uh, there's been some trades going on. And throughout this this past week was the trade deadline, and the Lakers didn't actually make any moves. And there was a couple players in particular that we were trying to see if they would um, get out of the buyer's market. Um, Andre Iguodala, he was a potential going to uh, the Lakers. He actually went and got traded to Miami. And another player, um, he was... He's in retirement right now, um, Darren Collison. We were waiting to see if he would make a decision on if he would like to come out of retirement and play for the rest of the season. He decided that he wanted to stay in retirement. Um, so those were a couple of names that uh, ESPN and Fox have been keeping an eye on, seeing um, if they if they would come to the Lakers to help. Um, just grow depth in their lineup and there's been a lot of uh, Kyle Kuzma has been playing a lot better now since the beginning of the season beginning of the season he was injured and then he kind of had to work his way into this into the lineup and he just it's it's been up and down for him I think the Anthony Davis injury kind of helped him a little bit because he got into that starting role and he started playing a lot better and playing more sound offensively and defensively, and just playing his game again um, was kind of key for him. I knew that. And he's kind of the last young asset that the Lakers have and that they want to keep. And it's pretty important for Kyle to be ready for the playoffs. Um, This is a situation that he's never been in before because he was a rookie a year before and so it'll be interesting to watch what Kyle how Kyle goes about things and I'm I'm excited to watch the Lakers um this in the playoffs um the the depth that they have especially at center um they can play um they can play Dwight Howard. They can play JaVale McGee. They could put Anthony Davis if they so wanted to at center. Even though he doesn't want to play center, he wants to play power forward. He could also play center if need be. Um, there's just a lot of factors that go into it. And uh, they have their, their main concern was uh, point guard depth. Um, that's something that the Darren Carlson. 
ordeal was kind of a little bit big. Um, they were wanting, they were trying to get him, and he said if he if he were to come back, um, the LA teams is one of the teams that he'd probably choose. So it basically came down to the LA teams, and then he decided overall that he didn't want to be a part of the NBA this year, which he has full right. Um, he wanted to be with his family. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And Darren, Darren Collinson, he's made a, a ton of money. He actually gave up $30 million on the table to go be with his family. And that's that's his right. I mean, it's his career. It's Eventually, it's what you want to do with your life. Um, you know, it doesn't always pertain to basketball. And uh, he decided, you know what, I'm just going to retire and go enjoy time with my family. And so that's what he did. And all power to him. Um, that's what Dwayne Wade did. He had pl- Dwayne has now played way longer than Darren, but it was, I knew it was D-Wade's time, and uh, D-Wade seems humble, and actually D-Wade just did one of his first uh, episodes on TNT uh, last week, um, and it with him doing work with TNT is kind of cool, um, getting, getting to see D-Wade as an analyst, on TV, that's kind of cool. Um, what Kobe did for ESPN Plus, um, that was also pretty cool. Like how um, he broke down footage uh, of what which player he was deciding to pick on, and like breaking down what they were doing and what he they could have done better in that situation. And that stuff is always cool to me. Like I I take. I look at that and I'm like, whoa, that that stuff sounds like really cool. Like you get into a deeper knowledge of the game and what and how professionals are seeing it at at the top of their game and you know, ways to always improve and get better. And that was what Kobe installed in everybody. I think that's like he was the impediment of hard work and like hard work leads to success and and it will always come through for you. And Kobe Bryant had all the talent in the world. He didn't have to work hard, but he chose to do it anyways. He wanted to be the best in the world, and that's what he decided to do. And mama mentality, as we say, and he has that mama mentality. That That's just basically him going the extra 10 miles when he only needed to do one mile he decided you know what I'm just go ahead and make it 10 miles and that's what he did for not just the Lakers he did that for the brand of the NBA that's he's like you could see it in his championships like he worked his butt off to get five championships like you think five championships just kind of just happened into his lap, he worked his butt off for those championships, and I, he, like, I saw in an interview, he said the only championship that he'd ever, uh, that he wanted more than anything was to beat the Celtics, so the 2008 um, finals, where the Celtics beat the Lakers, that's the only one he's, like, he's, that he was haunted by, and that technically would have been his sixth ring that and he would be tied with Michael um for for rings and 
you would have to put them at the same. But um, Kobe Bryant was arguably this generation's uh, Michael Jordan. And I think LeBron will soon be uh, our my Michael Jordan, pretty much. Um, they, Kobe would be more of, per se, Passer Andrews, Michael Jordan, his generation. And uh, so that's what I take from that. And we'll see with um, who... who who will be the next Michael Jordan in the next generation? Um, there, there's a possibility it could be Zion. That's a possibility, um, but we'll we'll wait and see. Um, there's there's nothing cemented or guaranteed at the moment. But that's kind of all I have for you guys today. Um, thank you for listening into the podcast. Uh, check out my other videos. I know that I have nine to ten other videos out there for you click and subscribe leave comments um i'd like to hear feedback so just leave that thank you guys have a great rest of your day Bye.